This episode of Case Acquaint may contain material which is not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, welcome back to Case Acquaint. You have found episode 13. Today, we're going to discuss in more detail a case we first mentioned during one of our I-95 episodes. There have been some new developments which we believe you might be interested in hearing about. The subject we'll be talking about today will center around the murder of Allison Jackson Foy. Now, if you remember, there is another victim who's related to this case, and we might go over a few of those details again. Allison Jackson was a wife, a mom of two young daughters, and a hard-working professional trying to make her way up the corporate ladder when she disappeared late one night in July of 2006. Allison and her husband hadn't lived in the beautiful, historic, and mysterious city of Wilmington, North Carolina for long. She'd just gotten a job as an assistant manager for a Holiday Inn hotel, and it was reported that she had an energetic demeanor along with a friendly personality. Prior to moving to North Carolina, Allison had been a gymnast, a dancer, and she also did some coaching. But Allison's life wasn't perfect by any means. Her marriage was crumbling, she and her husband Michael were struggling financially, and she reportedly struggled with drugs. She was spending more evenings after work out, not returning home until the early morning hours. On this night, Allison visited an establishment called the Junction Pub and Billiards. That's where her car was eventually found. Over the years, there were reports of Allison leaving in a cab the bartender had called on her behalf and also leaving in a random person's car. She made a phone call to a friend in New York at about 2 o'clock a.m., and that was the last known communication from Allison. What did Allison do after she left the bar that night? Who was with her? Allison's family, who lived in another state, rushed to Wilmington to participate in the search for her. While her husband reported her missing, he wasn't as engaged in the effort as Allison's family had expected. But then again, he and Allison hadn't been getting along all that well. He told investigators that he felt she might have left on her own, no longer wanting the responsibility of a family. Allison's husband was not a suspect because he was home taking care of the children at the time of her disappearance. But the family did what they could to keep the case in front of the public, and the police worked leads. But the case began to grow cold. Then, in 2009, Allison's body was found, along with another victim's body, that of Angela Rothen, behind an old abandoned Mexican restaurant off Carolina Beach Road. Allison had been stabbed at least 27 times. Angela, who was 42 years old when she disappeared in 2007, had been stabbed, beaten, and had her throat slashed. Now, one difference between these two cases and the other cases that were going on at the time is that these cases garnered lots of attention from law enforcement and the public after the bodies were identified. That's because these two bodies were found right next to each other, but the women disappeared a year apart. So police believed that the same killer killed both of these ladies, which obviously is a fair assumption. An investigative TV show did a story about Allison and Angela, 
and a person of interest was interviewed for the show along with his wife. He was a cab driver in Wilmington at the time of the disappearances. Allison's sister was and still is determined to keep the pressure on the media and law enforcement to continue gathering evidence as she's done since Allison went missing in 2006. Finally, the Wilmington police searched the person of interest's home and car and seized some evidence. Police alleged in their affidavit requesting the warrant that the man they were investigating had already committed numerous crimes against prostitutes. In August of 2007, the man was arrested for the rape of a prostitute within one block of where Allison and Angela were still waiting to be found. He received a plea deal in order to avoid the rape charge, and soon he was back out of jail. He was also accused of attacking two other prostitutes, beating both of them and raping one. The victim who escaped being raped told police that she was able to protect herself with a knife. Then another witness came forward to help police produce a composite sketch of someone who looked to be acting strangely in the vicinity of where the bodies were found. The witness told police that one time he noticed a man with a green tarp draped over the passenger side of his vehicle. The sketch bears resemblance to the man who was lucky enough to get that plea deal we were talking about earlier. It's quite possible that this man is responsible for several deaths, but there's no conviction, so families still wait. That doesn't mean they wait quietly. Allison's sister Lisa is still out there trying to keep Allison's memory alive and her face in front of the public. She also continues to push law enforcement and the district attorney to take action. She's been asking for the district attorney, currently Ben David, to call a grand jury to see if they agree that there's enough evidence to charge this suspect. But Ben David has not yet done so. Lately, Lisa has taken a new approach. She'd like the remaining evidence reviewed in a new and promising way. There's a new tool being put to use and it's been helping agencies solve previously cold cases for several years now. It all started when a guy by the name of Wayne Carlson invented a tool for use in the food industry, a vacuum designed to pull E. coli and salmonella off of surfaces. This is how it works. A solution designed to bind to DNA molecules is sprayed on the surface and at the same time, they vacuum the surface with the MVAC. The DNA ends up in a sterile collection bottle and that DNA just needs to be tested. This method has been used to solve many cold cases that in the past contained evidence from which authorities hadn't been able to extract DNA. There is the case of Sharon Schollmeyers, a 16-year-old who had her own apartment in Salt Lake City, Utah. After not being able to get a hold of her daughter after she didn't show up for work, Sharon's mom asked the apartment building manager to let her into the apartment. When they went inside, mom found Sharon dead in the bathtub, which had six inches of water. Sharon had been blindfolded and her halter top had been used to create a gag. She had been raped, strangled, and suffocated. The building manager called police and the investigation began, but it quickly went cold. Police kept the evidence, but the year was 1977. In 2013, 
The MVAC was used to see if they could extract DNA from the halter top used to gag Sharon in the bathtub. A profile was produced and it was entered into CODIS. Lo and behold, the apartment manager, Patrick McCabe, who was 20 years old in 1977, came up as a match. Now living in Florida, McCabe's DNA was in CODIS because he had been convicted of a sex offense of a minor back in 1999. How many people do you think McCabe was able to victimize in those intervening years? Anyway, McCabe eventually confessed to Sharon's murder. MVAC is a company based out of Utah, so in the beginning it was tested on several Utah cases and it was used on evidence that they had already tried to extract DNA from, but it had no success. Another astonishing case was that of the murder of Crystal Bislanovich back in 1995. 17-year-old Crystal, who had been a drug addict and prostitute from the time she was only 15, was from Spokane, Washington, and she had only been in Salt Lake City for a few months. She was living with a boyfriend who claimed she disappeared after leaving to go to a convenience store late one night. She was later found face down on the rocky banks of the Provo River. Evidence was collected, including a rock they believed was used as a murder weapon. The case went cold because the rock did not produce any DNA of the killer. But then in 2013, they used the MVAC to see if they could extract DNA from the granite rock and it worked. The man whose DNA matched that of the extracted DNA was a career criminal and murderer by the name of Joseph Michael Simpson. He had just been paroled from the Utah State Prison when Crystal was found murdered. There are several other cases that you can easily find if you'd like to learn more about this exciting new system. If you know a case that might benefit from this type of testing, contact the investigating agency assigned to the case because there's a chance they don't even know about the MVAC. Currently, there are 35 agencies across the United States that have access to the MVAC system, but the Wilmington Police Department is not one of them. It's not cheap, but it seems to produce results. Back to Allison Jackson Foy. Lisa has raised the funds necessary to offset the cost of the testing and now it's up to the Wilmington Police Department to connect with the nearest agency that has access to the MVAC and an approved lab. We will keep you updated on any progress they make on this case. We would love to see the suspect finally get convicted and punished for, at the very least, the murders of Allison and Angela. If you're interested in these cases and the MVAC system, we'll post some links on our website at caseacquaint.com. Finally, we want to let you know that we are on our way back to the Lumberton-Robison County area with some new information and more cases that need attention. So stay tuned for that coming up in a few weeks. We also want to hear from you. What do you think about those cases down there in Robison County? Do you have any ideas? We'd love to hear them. We're now on YouTube. We're on Facebook. And you can also contact us through our website. I want to thank everybody who has already been contacting us with their ideas about Lumberton and their suspicions about some of the people who are operating down there. Very interesting. And we will be addressing some of those ideas.
We hope you've enjoyed this episode today, and we hope to talk to you again soon. <laughs>